Hello and welcome to the Research Ops podcast, an initiative of the Research Ops community. I'm your host for today, Bridgette Metzler. I'm one of the co-chairs of this huge global volunteer-run community. As always, I'm assuming if you're listening, then you might know a little bit about Research Ops, the mechanisms and processes that set user research in motion. If you'd like to know more about Research Ops, you can find us at our website, researchops.community or on our Medium publications in English, French, German, and Portuguese. Follow us at Team Reops on Twitter. Find the group on LinkedIn and join in the conversation at hashtag ResearchOps. We're recording a special series of the ResearchOps podcast in preparation for ReopsConf, a partnership between learners and the ResearchOps community. The conference is on in New York City, Wednesday, June the 8th. Today, we'll be speaking with the other half of the brilliant Community Tools Census Project with Dr. Carolyn Morgan. We had Andy Garbutt-Brown on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I'm pleased to welcome Carolyn to the show today. Andy and Carolyn will be speaking about the Tools Census Project at ReopsConf, where they'll be launching our brand new ReOps Toolbox. So who is Dr. Carolyn Morgan? Carolyn is a political scientist turned UX researcher who's obsessed with systems and processes. Currently, she uses those skills at Cisco, where she's working on malware protection software and helping security practitioners protect our computers and networks. Prior to that, Carolyn drew from her academic experiences, both as a researcher and scholar, to lead UX research projects at OCLC, a global library cooperative responsible for WorldCat and publishing the Dewey Decimal System. She can't wait to share the results of the 2022 ReOps Tools Census and introduce the plans ReOps has for future toolbox work. In very caro style, we channel our comedians in cars with coffee and our chat takes place today from Kentucky where she's visiting with loved ones. While the sound quality may suffer a little, the conversation was as rich as it ever is with the wonderful Caro. Welcome to the show, Caro. We're so pleased to have you um, along. It's been a joy to watch you work uh, from the outside, um, just seeing all of that rigour that you bring to the, the Toolbox project. Um, we're really blessed to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It is, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far, so... I'm yeah, so thanks. pleased, and and yeah. so for people who are listening in, I just I've got to say that we are we're doing this like comedians in cars, right? <laughs> comedians in cars with coffee. That's with right. Caro. With Caro. We're out of cities. Yeah, yeah. So you're in Kentucky, Kentucky right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Fantastic, so. and thank you for joining us from your car in a yeah. stationary position. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is very important. I'm not driving. Uh, I am sitting in a parking lot. So yeah, it's good. In my it's car. Good. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Caro, let's start at the beginning, sort of, um, your, the beginning of the toolbox journey, maybe. Uh, tell me, why did you decide to start looking at the toolbox? What made that Oof. happen? Oof, that's a good question. Uh, so two things happened. So one, okay, so we, I 
just moved to Canada with my spouse and we were still waiting on a work permit for me. And I am not one to just sit around and wait. Like I get really impatient and I just have to have things to do. And so I remember, I think I had been in Canada like two weeks. We had just gotten out of the COVID quarantine. And I was like, losing my mind. I had to do something. And so I reached out to, uh, to you and Holly and I was like, do you need help with pre-ops things? I have free time. And you and Holly were like, oh, you should talk to Andy about, he has an idea about the toolbox. And I was like, good, because um, I had used the toolbox in my previous job um, when like trying to select tools. And I already had a list of things where it's like, okay, mm -hmm, these are things that we could do, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's I talked cool to, to Andy. Hear that you that you had used it. Andy said the same thing that he'd used the toolbox. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was part of the thing. So when I first talked to him, I was like, okay, dude, tell me a little bit about what you want to do. And at first he was like, well, I just want to run a survey. And I was like, mm, mm. tell me more about that. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and so we started talking about like what he really wanted to do and what he felt that the community needed and what researchers and designers needed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool, cool. That is, you know, we were, we were driving from day one. We were both on the same page that, you know, we knew that what we had right now and what we have right now um, in terms of just an air table while being a minimal viable product wasn't something that was long-term sustainable. It wasn't easy to update. Like we went through the first thing we did was we went through and just figured out like, Hey, what are the things that are still in existence? What are the things that are still working? Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think out of it was like 400 and some tools, um, 50 of them were deprecated or gone. Yeah. And so, you know, just imagine that frustration that you go through and you're like, oh, this might be the tool to rule them all. Mm -hmm. And then you find out it's deprecated. So we were like, we have to make something that's sustainable uh, in terms of like being updated. But also, you know, we were worried about what folks are actually using, you know, and the way that the toolbox is set up right now. It's just a list of tools. It's not just, it is a list of tools yeah. with the features and things like that. But, you know, Andy's at a big financial organization. And, you know, my first, the job that I was at before, uh, it's a small nonprofit. So we can't use the same tools. Like there are data issues. There are cost issues. There are just feature issues. And so we were like, wouldn't it be cool if... Yeah. Uh, we could figure out what people were using, where they're using them, mm -hmm. and you know maybe why. And yeah. so that's how it got started. And we got started on the project. Uh, I remember we got started on January sixth, two thousand and twenty-one. Uh, and I remember the date because we were watching. Uh, the insurrection on CNN live together. Um, and it was just a little disorienting, but uh, yeah, that was, that was the project. That was the start of it. We've just been hammering out at it since. So yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Andy said, um, you know, he joined us uh, just recently and said how much he loved how, you know, given that you all 
we're all just sort of in the middle of a pandemic and all of the things and that you just mm-hmm. were, you know, when one was down, the other one would pick the other one up. And yeah. it, it is like, it's like peanut butter jelly a little bit. You know, he, and it's cool. It's so cool to work with someone who, uh, so Andy is a designer by training and I'm a researcher by training and I know just enough design to be in trouble. And he knows, he knew just enough research to get in trouble. So we started out from the get-go where we had a list of things that we wanted to learn too. Right. Uh So Uh I wanted to learn, like, how do you do your design process? Like, how does, how does that look? How do you work with devs and things like that? And he wanted to learn how to do the research process. And so for each stage of the research, I was like, okay, dude, we're making a plan. You know, you take a stab at it and then we'll, we'll iterate. And he would do it. And it was so cool to watch him. And he taught me things too. And like how someone from a design perspective sees research and it was so cool and he like I don't know if he's gonna listen to this but I'm gonna say it anyway he just soaks up this research knowledge like a sponge you know and so we did for example we did some uh kind of generative research a little bit concept testing too and he would listen in and he would take the notes and stuff and his notes were so good and just I don't know he just soaked it up like a sponge it was great it's so great. To, it's still great to work with them. Yeah. So, That's yeah. so cool. I'd love to uh, help me understand what what is that difference that you see between how designers see research and how researchers see research? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, I see a lot of research in terms of, for me, I see research in terms of like process, right? And a lot of like planning and stuff like that. I think... Yeah. And this might be just, just a little bit of like old age coming through, right? But sometimes I forget the importance of data because I'm so like, okay, we just got to get this plan done, like, and trying to make the research process itself more efficient. But uh-huh. he came at it. He didn't, the process wasn't the biggest thing for him. For him, it was the richness of that data. Yeah. And it was so cool to be reminded of that. Because he would be like, oh, there was this nugget and, you know, there was this thing that someone said, you know, can we dig into this? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So in a way, working with him on this project, because I don't want to say I'm burnt out on research. I'm not at all. But he reminded me of the coolness of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Sort of going on a journey and, and discovering things, discovering new things. Yeah. yeah, it was like watching a kid, you know, like when a kid learns something new and they're like, oh, this is so exciting. Yeah. And it was so great to watch it. And and not only that he was learning things, but he's putting them into practice, too. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, oh, Carol, you know, so that thing that we, you know, because what we did was we had the we had the design concepts and, you know, we just did the stickies right on the design concepts in Miro. Right. Yeah. So he could see like this data, this data point goes to this feature here or this yeah. data point goes to this concept here yeah. and he was like oh so I started doing you know like I started bringing that up at my work and uh-huh. everyone really likes it I'm like oh this, it's just a great feeling to hear yeah. you know so and yeah me, how about the design process we didn't really dig too much into um how have you thought through um together that because you're building a you're building a product right you're building a toolbox yeah so, yeah, yeah. And, you know Oh, we are. 
we are building a product. Yeah, you're building a product. I've always just thought of it as a project. I'm like, ooh, we are building a product. Oh, did I just um, blow your mind? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I just research ups is all about building products for researchers no. and people who use research. <laughs> no, I just kind of, I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. I'm like in the weeds with this thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man. Okay, so the design process. Uh, Okay, here's where we're not like peanut butter and jelly. Here's where we're a little bit like odd couple. So um, he would, he did a lot of uh, competitive analysis and just looking at what other similar things are doing, right? Um, but then, so he is like, oh, it would be, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this or wouldn't it? And he is very, um, very much, I don't want to say in the ideal world or like the, the like fantasy world, but he is seeing all the possibilities, right? And that's what yeah. you need to do as a designer because all those possibilities might be. They might be possible. Like, yeah, they're possible, right? Yeah. From virtue of the word. Um, and then there's me, you know, and I'm just like, we researchers just need a data set. <laughs> and he was <laughs> like, we are not just published in it. And I'm like, no, we got to think about this, you know? And yeah. so we are a lot of like odd couple in that sense. But it was so cool to watch how we sometimes negotiated that. And that being part of that design process where he would say, okay, so I hear what you're saying that, um, and, and also part of, I think part of our negotiations too was, you know, I want to make sure that, and he does too, that this is accessible. Yeah. Right. Um, and some of the things that we were seeing as cool as they were, as jazzy as they were, they weren't as accessible as we would have liked them to be, you yeah. know? And so working through what could be really cool, uh, but working with the constraints that we had, because like, yeah, the accessibility thing was, was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that figuring like doing that iteration on the designs to get to the point where it was, where it was acceptable for both of us was really cool. Cause yeah. And then seeing how he would take things that I would just say, because sometimes, you know, I tend to ramble and, and I use weird, weird uh, analogies. And he would take all of that and be like, aha, okay, okay. And make a thing, you yeah. know, he would like put that into, into the design. And it was just really cool. Yeah. So. It really strikes me how much, um, uh, you know, there's there's a part of the process that is, uh, to me as a non-designer, just completely magical, which is that whole um, generating a whole new thing that has come out of your head, right? <laughs> like yeah. The, the, yeah. the facility and the capacity to create something that didn't exist before based on a, yeah. few, a few conversations and a, and a few thoughts and and obviously all of that beautiful rich data as as you, as you say um, yeah what a skill it, it, yeah it was really like I don't know how it came out of his brain into the screen but it did and it was it was really cool um yeah I and I think that they the biggest thing I learned about the des, the design process from Andy is to not be afraid, you know, because for me, I'd be like, we just got to make it simple. We just, you know, just have a, we'll just put a P like literally at one point I was like, can we just do the, like, just do a data readout and put it as a PDF and have people download it. And he was like, 
No. <laughs> no. And I was like, but I people could use it. And he was like, no. no. But he also, like, in that sense, he, you know, it was weird. I'm, I'm, I'm the user of the toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a researcher. I'm helping to, you know, like, make research processes more efficient. Uh, but he had to keep reminding me of, like, would you really want that? I'm like, yeah. Maybe I wouldn't, you know. What would you have like, if you could? <laughs> yeah, and he was like, tell me more about that. And I was like, Andy, you can't ask me my own question. Like, <laughs> I'm the one that says tell me more about that. You're not allowed to. But he started doing that. And it was just, it was so cool to see. It's, yeah. it's always so much fun to work with him. Yeah. And he's got, he has a developer friend who's working with us on this too. And like, yeah. Derek, the developer, he is like, He's explaining develop, development things to me, and it's just it's just really cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be so exciting. I cannot wait to be unveiled at the conference and for people to be able to start to use something that has, oh. yeah, just like where you've kind of gone, what's possible? What could we do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm nervous about it too, though, because I think both Andy and I are a little nervous because – we're we're kind of behind the scenes people you know like when we do our job right no one knows we did our job yeah right like no one and and I think that's a very UX theme too and like you don't know you only know bad UX when you see it you don't realize good UX right Um, I guess sometimes you do but exactly the same like everyone in the research ops community there they sort of all of their work if it's good it's not visible we we do hidden work it's what we do yeah exactly yeah so we're just nervous because it's like oh what if this doesn't go well (laughs) you know so much work into it but I think it's gonna go well because that was part of our thing was you know this is a research based product yeah like we did our we did our secondary research, we did our generative research. Once we get a proto, like we've done prototype testing. Yeah. Once we have, um, it should be soon where we're doing like actually live testing, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're setting it up. You know, we have our live testing. Uh, we're still having an air table just because. I wanted to keep an air table, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I also I wanted some way too that people could download the data and play with it themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's for the yeah. community by the community. Yeah, that's also another thing was, and I just I remember talking to Andy about this at the very beginning was, you know, and no offense to any of the products, like all the products are are awesome, right? But I always get skeptical when or I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about research product or research tools reports that are published by the research, by the, by that research tool. Yeah. Um, just because I know, like, I know how hard it is for me to hide my own biases. Yeah. You know, so I wonder, and, and also the one thing, the one thing that differentiates this toolbox from anything else that's out there is that we have that demographic data built in. Yeah. Right? 
And that I think is the missing piece. Now I tell everybody our secrets. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> if this shows up in the next research reports, I want some credit. Um, but that's the thing is like, you know, we see in that tools, the reops, the research ops community um, tools channel. Yeah. People say all the time, I, you know, I'm a research team in Europe and I need Mm-hmm. You know, something for participants in Asia or whatever. You know, there, there are limits not only with like data privacy laws, but also like your team size and things like yeah. that that I talked about earlier. And, and it's hard to get that on on any of the other stuff. So. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, Holly and I were actually just talking this morning about the, about the conference and um, just about uh, actually how how we're really positive it's going to be um really amazing actually because we've got people who are really on the ground doing research operations and and living it in lots of different contexts and and talking about you know like we've got Lucy and Alice talking about um sort of that overwhelming need to do all of the things and then how to actually kind of manage that because you know research ops goes across tools but it's also there's governance in there which obviously impacts on tools and there's data and knowledge management and there's the recruitment and admin and then there's all of the organizational change that has to happen there's just so much to do and how do you um, deal with that overwhelm and you know and, and then insteps Lucy with her well I'm a delivery manager background and so we're just going to do X, Y, and Z. And then Tolua has got, you know, here's how we, how we can, you know, build in metrics and understand the, the value of research operations. And then we've got mm-hmm. this beautiful toolbox that, um, that actually recognises the actual problems of people who are doing research operations, which is, you know, I work in government or finance industry and I data sovereignty is a thing for me or... Um, you, you know, the, the governance or the security is a major problem for me or the cost, as you say, from a nonprofit or a startup type mm. of thing, that cost is, is uh, a, big, a big issue. And so mm. just being so centric to all of our needs, I think it's just going to be very cathartic <laughs> and we'll yeah. learn so much together, I think, yeah. on that day. Well, another thing with the toolbox is, uh, we're not doing it all at once, right? So we um, we were very careful to do a phased approach. So right now we collected, we did that tool census. We collected the demographic data and what tools people are using across like 50 different tasks. Um, and yeah. the tasks are all like sorted up into phases of research. And even that is data informed from research, right? And so we have that. And so that in and of itself is a ton of work. But then the next phase is figuring out, okay, here are the tools that we have. What features do those have? But for that, we have to build up like that. It can't be just a me and Andy thing. So mm-hmm. if anyone listening wants to help, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's for real, like it's, it's going to be a community thing um, because, you know, we can't just assume, oh, that these features are the things that are important. Now we got to gather that. Um, And so that the next phase, this is all, it is all community centered. Mm -hmm. Again, it's for researchers by researchers um, to figure out what we need. 
right? Yeah. Because we don't want to build a thing that like, hey, we have this cool tool, but nobody, mm-hmm. right? No one's going to use it. Doesn't answer so, the questions that we actually need to ask it. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited. I'm also nervous, but it's yeah. good. It's a good nervous. Good so. nervous. Excitement, excitement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, Caro, how did you come to be in, the, like you're so, you're so very much a researcher. How did you come to be in the research ops community? I mean, you talked about process. Before. Oh, I can see you have oh. an ops bent. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think kind of out of necessity. So yeah. when, well, okay. So two things. It was out of necessity because when I worked, um, my first job was at a small library, or not small, actually quite large, um, a library software company, but it was a nonprofit. And so we had two UX researchers and the lead, he had been doing research for like 20 years. So he had his own way. And then here comes me like, oh, bright eyed, bushy tailed. I'm like, research is a team sport. We have to get these things together. Right. And so I was kind of on my own to figure out how do we operationalize research, right? How do we get these things set up that, because I was, and I still am very adamant that I'm not the only person doing research and researchers are not the only people doing research, Yeah. right? So we need to be able to enable and empower the other people who aren't doing research to be able to do it. And so I kind of like, like I, I kind of stumbled into reops in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shared the same birthday. So it was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Because um, it was announced. I think I was Googling it around my birthday time. Right. And, uh, and I saw Kate's tweet and I was like, hey, this sounds like a thing. So I, part, I, uh, I didn't participate in the workshop in Cleveland, but I like followed everybody mm-hmm. who was doing it. And I was like, this sounds like a pretty cool thing. Um, so I dabble in research ops to the extent of wanting to build the process of research itself. But like when it comes to like the recruit, like the, the details of it, that's a little too much for me um, because I know me, like I'll just go down, I'll, I'll just go down that rabbit tube forever. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like I dabble just enough in reops to get things set up and then I ha- hand it off to the pros. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Very yeah. good. And so yeah. do you think um, as a, maybe as a researcher who, who might, I, I don't know if you, you currently have research operations people in your team, but maybe in the future you will, I don't know. How, how do you see the challenges for research operations as you embed it into organisations? Oh, okay. So we don't currently have a research operations person on our team, but in a adjacent team, there is one he's just starting up. Right. Um, so I can talk to a few, like a little bit of the challenges that I see him going through and like mm-hmm. we chat all the time and I kind of like give like battle stories from my own previous jobs, right? Like, don't do this thing, dude, do this thing, you know, yeah. the challenges for getting research jobs. I think it's so new still. Like if we think about it, you have DevOps, which is pretty established. People yeah. are bought into DevOps, right? They understand yeah. why. Design ops it's getting there yeah right like you still have to kind of fight for design ops to be recognized but people are understanding that and you know as we go as we have more mature discussions about design systems and things like that mm-hmm. uh, but then research you know we're all I don't want to say we're always last but 
you know, it, it is one of those things like the tendency is to bring us up a little bit later. Yeah. Um, and so I think that we're just following the trends that we do already in software development and in product uh, design or product building is that research is coming up like towards the end. And I, I think the biggest thing is that as we, as we understand the need for research and why it's so important, we'll then begin to understand how long it takes and how it's actually not, you can't just run a survey overnight, right? Like to get good data, you have to invest in it and you have to invest in the processes. And it's like, it's like learning a new coding language. This is how I explain it to, to like developers. It's like learning R or learning Python or learning something like that. It has such a steep learning curve. Like I remember trying to learn coding and I just wanted to throw my, I was a data scientist before this and I just wanted to throw my computer out the window. I hated it, right? Because it's so, it's so hard. Once you learn it, it's smooth sailing. And I think in research operations is the same way. It's just, we got to, we got to find a a good way to get that story across and it takes a while. Yeah, definitely. I I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. That definitely sounds very familiar, that challenge of, of telling the story of why research operations is there. I love that uh, quote, to get good data, you have to invest in it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a thing. And, um, you know, you can see, you will be able to see, for example, with the toolbox, the difference between the old toolbox and the new toolbox is that there's good data that's informing how it's designed, right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's a very it's, meta it's, thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. also um, it's from it's not built on assumptions. Yeah, right. Like the previous toolbox, and again, the previous toolbox got me through so like yeah. through a lot of things, right? Yeah. But it was built on assumptions. Um, it was built by one person for yeah themselves. Yeah, and yeah, and that's the thing. Like one person only knows so much knowledge in their head, right? Yeah. But being able to crowdsource it allows us to get out and say, like, okay, people, it's not just people. We think that people use this, people do use this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I mean, I think, uh, I know for, for Kate, some of the constraints have been, well, how do I, how do I do this to maintain it? How do I do this to, mm-hmm. um, without upsetting yeah. anyone or, you know, making sure mm-hmm. that it's, it's all impartial and all that sort of thing can, yeah, yeah um, I guess I, I think sort of coming up close to time, I'd love to be able to understand a little bit about the the maintenance of the thing. I think you've sort of started to inbuild some um, ways of that just automatically kind of ticking mm-hmm. over. Is that right? Yep, yep. So Andy and I have, um, we were calling it the bus plan, but I think that's a little morbid. <laughs> the bus plan is in case one of us gets hit by a bus. How does this oh, continue? Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Uh, it's a little morbid, but it is. It's a bus plan. Like, how okay. do we make sure? Because one day we're not going to want to do this and we yeah. need to be able to hand it off. Right. Yeah. And so um, most everything we've done has been documented thoroughly. So, so someone... Yeah, so it very too thoroughly almost. If I there's love such your a documentation. Thing. It's um, beautiful. But that's the thing. Like, if let's say tomorrow I'm just I don't wake up on this side of the dirt, right? Yeah. I want someone to be able to come in and be like, oh, this project was so cool. Like, yeah. I'll pick it up. Like, we'll yeah. we'll get this to the finish line. And so we both do that. So I'd have to find another designer, which would suck, but it would yeah. it would be okay. He'd have to find another researcher. 
but we also make sure that the other person knows what's going on. So like if, if anybody, Bridget, you know this for like, you know, this a hundred percent, our Slack channel is like, it's like a transcript of the whole project, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you can see exactly what's going, it's like our own version control there, you know, yeah. Yeah. but it was very important for us to do that. Mm. And um, because we don't, you know, one of the things with the old toolbox is that they didn't have time. Nobody had time to update it. Nobody mm-hmm. had time to, to do that. And so we're going to do it. We're planning once it gets up and running, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be like once a month we do, yeah. we check in, make sure. Uh-huh. And we're going to run the survey or the, the census uh, once a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we set it up that way so that it can run once a year. We get a fresh update. Mm-hmm. Um there'll be a little tweaks here and there, but now that we've, we've invested that time and we've set that up, we don't have to go through the, Mm. through this foundational work again, then Mm. it's just maintenance. Yeah. So, which is exciting. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Well, uh, Caro, um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been so lovely to just really understand the project and where it's come from and where it's going. Can't wait to yeah. see it. Yeah, it's exciting. You. It's the first time I've yeah, it's the first time I've had a project aside from my dissertation that's like getting open to the public. <laughs> so it's a little nerve-wracking, but it'll be good. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully and this one doesn't have a typo in the second paragraph. <laughs> well, it'll be online and virtual, and you'll be able to just go in and change it, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't do that with the dissertation. I'm but sure yeah, you did that on purpose. <laughs> I was, I was very not happy when I saw that. Yeah. Like yeah. after I submitted it, but it's fine. It you is what it you is. Didn't put a, you didn't put an egg in there. I've seen so many people put little eggs like, uh, you know, on the 35th page. If you've got this no, far, bring a bottle yeah, of I, champagne to the. <laughs> to I, um, <laughs> I can't tell you exactly where it is, but I cited Yoda in right. my dissertation in discussion of emotions. So, yeah. 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 I, I think we, we could put an egg somewhere in the toolbox. I think that would be really fun. Ooh. Okay. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Awesome. So I have to let Andy know. Yeah. Let Andy know. <laughs> you, we'll you've got this far. <laughs> we'll put it one yes, in there. Justin, <laughs> you'll, you'll be given, I don't know, a Reels t shirt or something. <laughs> oh, if we had tote bags. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. I let's love, talk I about love. that. One this day. really has felt like an episode of, of Comedians in Cars with Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's the best thing I've heard all day, then. It's, it's been fabulous. Thank you. And it's, so the end of, it's the end of my day, so this is, is the best the thing I've heard day. all day. Hopefully it started your day. Great start to the day. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> Thanks so coffee. much, Caro. Um, Wonderful. Thank I'll see you, you in New York. <laughs> And that's the end of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can find tickets to the REOPSConf 2022 at reopsconf2022.joinlearners.com. It's on Wednesday, June 8th, in person in New York City or online. You can see Holly, myself, most of the Research Ops board, our speakers, and of course, others in the community at the conference. We're so looking forward to seeing you all there. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to hear more, please subscribe or join us in the Research Ops community on Slack. 
If there's someone you'd like us to talk to, please let us know. We hope you'll join us next time at the Research Ups podcast, or we'll see you soon in the Slack.